0: Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the, um, the effects of salvation, what we have been saved unto. You know, we have been saved from something, unto something else. And uh, I'm going to do this in three Sundays. So, um, I, I believe that, well, come come all three, otherwise get the CDs, you know, and, and, and listen to it. <clears throat> I want to just read uh, something just to open the service up and then pray. This is one of my favorites, you guys know it well. It says, My people are hell-bent on leaving me. They pray to God, Baal for help. He doesn't lift a finger to help them. But how can I give up on you, Ephraim? How can I turn you loose, Israel? How can I leave you to be ruined like Adma, devastated like luckless Zeboim? I can't bear to even think such thoughts. Just think of God here here God comes he says to people that are hell-bent on leaving him these are people that say well you know God's been good to them it's like Ezekiel 16 where God came and he and and he spoke about Israel and you know what's a nice thing about the Jews in Israel they are very stubborn people a very I mean I mean they full of pride they stubborn they don't want to listen and God chose them to show the whole world how he will love people and every time they would mess up and every time God would be good to them to show the whole world how he loves people amen, God is not a sin conscious God, he's not a a judgment conscious God, he's not there to condemn you, he's not there to judge you on the basis of what you do for him, the gospel is the message of what God has done for you how God has set you free, how God has given you peace Amen. The gospel is about, and I, I mean, I've, I've, there's a little bit of controversy and, and things on, uh, on the web about this, where I said, what, about what I said last Sunday. I said, God didn't call us to serve Him. He came to this earth to serve us. Now, that doesn't make us higher than God. Okay, because in the kingdom of God, the one who is the greatest servant is the greatest. So he came to serve us with no condemnation. He came to serve us with um, freedom from bondage. He came to serve us by giving us righteousness for free, giving us peace for free. Amen. So here he comes and he says, um, uh, uh, my people are hell-bent on leaving me. And then he says here, how can I leave you to be ruined? So, you just someone. Verstaan jy, hulle wil nie luister nie. Dit is in, hoe sê hier is die message, so, dit is so hier rond. Elf. Elf something. So, elf vers 6, 7, 8 haar rond. Hoe sê jy, elf. So, so, I say, how can I leave you? He says, I cannot bear to even think such thoughts. You know, the other day, two days ago, I was watching the the Christian channel and there was a a guy in America that was getting money to get people, children, that's on the streets that are sold for for sex slaves. You know, then they've got these hidden cameras showing how these children, how people trade with these kids, you know, kids of of six years old, eight years old, ten years old, how they sell these kids for sex. And and um, you know when I th- when I th- was looking at that, and then I think they worked out it's like 128 dollars to get one of those kids off the street, you know, with uh, with parents that will care for them in a proper way, because they'll get they'll have to go and rent the child, you know, because how they they can't just come and get the child, they'll have to pay the the pimp or the whatever, get the child and then run off with it, w- with a kid, you know, so that kind of thing, and then there's a house where they keep them safe, and then they. Um, get parents that's willing to adopt them. So these children, when, when you think of that and you think of your own children and if that must happen to your daughter or your son, you know, away from the parents, put on drugs, that being done, what happens to your inside? Your, your inside, man, you cannot bear to even think such a thought. When that comes, you don't think, well, you know, um, he didn't clean the garden last week. So, um, well, well, I've got three boys here. This one, th- this one gets 80 percent. That one gets 70, and this one gets 50. So, well, the one with 50, it's not that bad if they do it to him. You see, the moment that happens, if, if we think of such extreme things, what a person does is not brought into consideration because what happens to him is tampering with his value and I want to tell you that God when, when he looks at man when he looks at you he says how can I ever leave you I cannot bear to even think such a thought he cannot bear to even think such a thought um, so that we can be leave you just so that you can be devastated he says my inside turn in protest and So I am not going to act in my anger. I'm not going to destroy Ephraim. And why? Because I am God and not a human. So God says, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to punish. Because I am God and not a human. You know, so many times i found in my life that, um, say you've done something wrong. And if I think when I was in school, you know, I struggled with homework. You know, I mean, I've worked at school now, so why must I not work at home? You know? <laughs> I don't want to do homework. So, but then I, I didn't do my homework and you come to school and then the teacher is there and that teacher is going to judge you. I would rather stand before the judgment seat of God than before that teacher. If you stole money from your from a business that you work for, you would rather want to stand before God in judgment than stand before the the. the Uh, the board of that company. Because with the board of that company, you're not going to find mercy. But with God, you'll find mercy because His judgment will be a judgment that gives you life and freedom. That's what David said. He says, I'd rather be judged by God than by people. Amen. For God is not a human. God is not a human. We cannot put God in the category of a human being in the sense of He will act like what my boss would act. He would act like the government. He will act like the police. He would act like my school teacher. No, no. God's number one vision is to show mercy, to show kindness, and to set you free by Him loving you. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray together. And uh, we're going to read from... From verse sixteen, and then we're going to well, just just show me when I've preached about thirty minutes, Aubrey okay um, and then this we 're going to do this over three weeks, okay so uh, I'm going to explain to you what happens to a, to a person when he believes the message of grace, the message of no condemnation, but the message of unconditional love and grace what happens with us when we became part of the law and judgment and condemnation when we were standing uh, uh, under what I must do for God and not what God has done for me sin manifested in our life and in the same way when we stand under grace good works will manifest in our life but <coughs> so many times in the church uh, good works was the qualification for God's blessing. Now it's difficult to preach about good works in the gray circles because the moment you talk about good works, then people think, well, you know, the guy wants to put me under the law again. You know. So in this next three weeks I'm going to talk about how do we see good works manifesting in our life? How do we see um, freedom from bondage manifesting in our life effortlessly? I want to say this again, I say it every time, you guys are welcome, come in. Um, I I want to say this again, if change does not come effortless, it will not be lasting change. If change is not effortless, it will not be lasting change. Okay, so, so many times when you read the Bible, you think, well, I'm going to read the Bible and this... I must now do what the Bible says and if I do what the Bible says and I change my life then God will smile over my life that's not true the truth is God smiles over your life God's not going to smile over you when you do everything right God smiles over you right now God smiled over the human race when Jesus was born because Jesus was your representative and that's what we're going to talk about right let's get into Romans 5 from verse 16 um Sorry, <clears throat> verse, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So here it says, it's difficult English, but what it says is that Adam was a type and a shadow of Jesus. So if you look at Adam, then he is a figure of Jesus. So if you look at Adam, you look at the power that he had and what he stood for, it's a picture of Jesus. So, if Adam could make a decision on behalf of everybody, it points to Jesus that could make a decision on behalf of everybody. Okay, right. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. So what does he say there? He says, well let me read the next three verses, it will just be clear. And not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men um, to condemnation even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life those are very important words verse 19 which is the key verse for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous Okay. so what does he say here he says Adam was a type and a shadow of Jesus what Adam came to do pointed to what Christ is doing for us Adam was supposed to make the right decision he made the wrong decision on behalf of everybody Adam sinned when Adam sinned you became a sinner. Okay. So when Adam sinned, he, he placed all of mankind into sin. You are not a sinner because you smoke. You're not a sinner because you lust after somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex. That's not what makes you a sinner. Adam's disobedience made you a sinner. And that dumped the whole world into frustration where they could not get free from sin, They could not get free from bondage. They could not get free from this me, myself and I all the time. They could not get free from it. Doesn't matter how hard they tried, they could not get free from it. Uh, you can go to church and they can read the law to you and you can try your five steps on, ha- on, on, on resisting sin with your willpower. You will not be free because Adam came and he dumped mankind into something that mankind could not be set free from by his own power it was impossible and the thing he dumped us into had an effect in your life sin is not just defined as doing wrong things sin is defined as believing the wrong thing the word sin uh, um, means not to take part in To miss the mark, not to take part in. So in other words, if I, if my child, let me give you a good example. If he is seven years of age, he's supposed to go to school. If he doesn't go to school, he's not taking part in school. And that is seen by the government as an offense. It's seen as sin. Because he's not taking part in what is his In the same way, God came and gave Adam eternal life. He came to give him everything for free. But Adam chose not to take part in what God freely gave him, and that was sin. That had consequences. The consequences of that was, it it brought forth death in man. Okay, now a little bit more technical verse 19 and 21 then the Bible says then God gave the law the ten commandments so that we can sin more let's read it Romans 5 this can be a little bit of a brain stretcher if you hear for the first time maybe or second time, third time this might be a little bit radical but listen to what it says here moreover verse 20 the law entered that the offense might abound The law entered that sin might become more sinful So what happens? The law came in so that people could sin more That was the purpose of the law The purpose of the law was not to get you to live a holy life The purpose of the law was to get you to see your inability So that you can sin even more That was the purpose of the law. Let's read it again. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Like I said before, if you want a child that's perfectly obedient, that does nothing wrong, to do something wrong, you tell him, you see that bowl on top of the cupboard? You never look into that bowl. You never look into that bowl. You will find the obedient child that was maybe full of himself, because he's always obedient, as he suits Stefan Kinner, you will find sin coming up in his heart. If he doesn't look into the bowl, you will find that he wants to look into the bowl, and he's lusting after <laughs> looking into that, which is the same as doing it. Okay, so if you want sin in somebody's life, if somebody thinks that he's perfect, righteous, give him a good law, a nice strong law. What will happen? You'll find he will sin. So God came, what Adam did was, Adam came and he says, I'll be righteous before God because of my own works. And then there were people that lived a fairly good life. Then God said, these people are deceived. They think because it goes well with them. They think because it goes good in their business. They think because they live well with the people around them and in peace with everybody that they are righteous with the righteousness of God. So let me give them a law that will bring forth and manifest their sin so that they can see that they in themselves are not righteous. So the purpose of the law was the manifestation of sin. Now, when Adam lived under grace, in other words, when he was in the garden of Eden, believe, you know, walking with God in the cool of the day before he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he lived a good life. That good life he lived was powered and fueled by God. It was a life of peace, It was a life of joy, it was an effortless life, a life that was a fruit of something inside him. When the law came, sin abounded in the lives of people. Now we come with the gospel of grace. We tell people that God does not look at your works anymore. He fulfilled the law so that we don't have to live by the law anymore, but by faith in Jesus. Now if He fulfilled the law, that we don't have to live by the law anymore, in the same moment we are also saved from all the consequences of the law, which is all these sin manifestations we've been saved from it it's not we stopping sin anymore it is sin leaving us you see the, 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 the judgment system in the church preaches it this way says God is holy and you are over here God's standard is this you need to live up to God's standard the grace message says this God's standard is over here The law points out that you are over here. But, grace says this, I give you my righteousness as a free gift. The moment you believe that, you are delivered from the disqualification of the law and its effect in your life. Amen. And its effect in your life. So where you've always been struggling with, say, racism. Or you've always been struggling with um, covetousness. You've always been struggling with that And to the point that you are even justifying what you are doing The Bible clearly states that we are justified by believing in Jesus What that means is We are set free from this thing that keeps us in bondage By what Christ has done effortlessly So What Adam did was He dunked mankind into judgment into condemnation, into, into uh, 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 um, the manifestation of death in your life. Adam did it. If you take a child, young child today, without him believing in Jesus, you'll find it's natural for him to sin. You don't have to give him five lessons in, to do something wrong. He will do it by himself. If you give him more rules, you'll find he becomes more guilty. Okay? That's the way it is. It, it's just natural. But the moment he believes, the moment that child can believe in what Christ has done, you find that all the sin leaves him. He doesn't decide to leave his sin. When I, when I received Jesus the first time when I was in Standard 9, I was just a, 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 a young guy living a, a, a rough life. When I received the Lord, I didn't decide to stop to swear. I didn't decide to stop to drink. I didn't decide to stop to to be disobedient or anything. I didn't decide that. I found a new life in me. God is not there to modify your life. God is there to give you a new life. A modified life comes by your willpower. Well, I am like this. and I'm going to use my willpower to modify that life. No, no, we are not to modify our old life. We are to receive His life. Adam gave us a life. That life is the life of death. Under that, we received the law, plus the manifestation of sins by the law. So, you know, I, I remember for years I've been thinking that, well, Jesus, you died for me, you give me the power to obey the law. God never gives anybody the power to obey the law. God gave us the power to live without the law. By His Holy Spirit, it gives us a new life you don't have to teach a dog how to bark he barks by himself amen I see we got a new little Jack Russell you know if you take a ball and you throw it in front of a Jack Russell the Jack Russell fetches the ball now I've got a boo-boo there you throw the ball he shows no interest at all he doesn't do that That boor bull's best thing, the best thing he can do is do nothing. (laughs) That thing just lies there in the dust. That's what he does. Until tonight, and if he hears something at the gate, he does his job. He just makes a big noise. And that's enough. You know? That's what he's there for. But a Jack Russell is not like that. You just throw the ball past him, and nature kicks in. So he cannot stop himself. He cannot help himself. He will chase that. You you know, like like the Jack Russell we've got, he'll take the ball, if we don't want to throw it, he'll throw it himself, and catch it, and throw it, and catch it, and throw it, and catch it. (laughs) That's what he does. And when he's tired of doing that, he feels hot, he goes into the uh, little pond we've got there, and then he'll swim there. Until he rests, and then he's going to do the the thing over again. (laughs) You cannot teach him not to do that. That that is... He's bred to be like that. If he sees something run, a dove or anything, he catches it. It's his nature. In the same way, when Adam sinned, something became our nature. Our nature was to live a life of destruction. To live a life of, um, we are only, it's all about me. It's all about what I do. It is a life that manifests sins. Okay, that came by nature. So for God to come and give you a set of rules to tell you to stop that would be as insane as trying to teach the Jack Russell five lessons in how to stop to chase doves. He cannot stop. You can beat him, you can shout at him, you can do everything possibly that you know good he will continue to do that because it's part of his being he was born that way the only way for that dog to be set free is if he could be born again from a different breed isn't it? do you understand what I'm saying? If you would take uh, uh, another dog which is much more uh, uh, timid and, would, would, and, and he could be born from a different father, you'll find that that dog will have a different nature. You see, what we do is not just of what we've been taught. It is mostly out of design, nature. So God came to give a new nature so that it would would be as easy to live holy as what it was to live a life of sin. So I want to tell you, we've been preaching on grace so much and I'm never going to stop preaching on grace. I just want to put the focus on this. I've got good news for you. We have been redeemed from the law and its consequences. We've been placed under a system where God's nature takes over and live in us. So it's not about what I must do for God. It's about what God has done for me and in me. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's just read it again. It says, moreover the Lord, verse, verse 19, For... As by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. When Adam sinned, you became a sinner. Here it says, through one man's disobedience, you became a sinner and its effects. Now it says, through the obedience of one man, Jesus, you became righteous, free from your contribution. He did it for you. Now the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So He came and He made us all righteous so that those, every person that's been made righteous, which is the human race, if they can believe this, they will have life born in them from the reality of what Christ has done for them. Now I can't emphasize this Enough. Imagine you work at a company and your boss steals money. And you are found guilty for what he's done. You will say that is unfair. I didn't do anything wrong. His disobedience, his evil conduct brought destruction on my life. Now that is what Adam did, and because God is a righteous God, is a just God, is a fair God. In Afrikaans, ons God is 'n regverdige God. It would not be right if one man can dump you into that and one man cannot get you out of it. So Jesus Christ came and He obeyed on your behalf. It is as good as what your boss in the company, while you were doing wrong things in the company, he did something good and the company went up on the stock market and you benefited from that. Through his ingenious ideas, you benefit. You think, Hallelujah, man, I'm so happy I did nothing. I was actually doing something wrong, but because he did something right, I'm blessed. In the same way, I want to tell you, God has blessed you in Christ and set you free from the power of sins. So you, when Adam sinned, he brought you into, now I want to just define sin there. I I want to talk it, uh, name it this way, a destructive life. A life, a manifestation of a life that destroys you, that destroys relationships okay a life where you where, 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 where like Paul said Paul said alles is my geoorloof alles is nie stigtend I can do all things Paul says I can do anything I can eat food offered to idols he can commit adultery he can do all these wrong things but Jesus has paid for that sin and that's okay but then Paul says all things are not beneficial for me so what I want to say is Jesus has redeemed us from a life that is not beneficial for you, so that you can have this new life free from your contribution through efforts, but simply by believing what is done for you. Amen. Right. So, verse, uh, uh, verse, chapter six, verse one. Just look at the power of the gospel here what shall we say shall we continue in sin that grace may abound so let's read uh, uh, chapter 5 chapter 5 verse 19 uh, verse 20 says the law was given so that sin could even become more now he says where sin became more grace became even more now let me explain that he says let me use this as an example Year is man, Year is man, God came and he gave the law, ok, in written format. This made people, when they lived under the law, it made them sin even more, ok, now, it says, where sin abounded, grace abounded even more. Waar die meer geword het, het die genade nog meer geword Okay, so what it means is where we did not believe in grace, where we did not obey God by believing that He's given us everything for free, and the sin sin manifested under the law, grace had a greater power to manifest the life of God in you than what the law has to manifest sin in you. That's what He's saying there. Okay, now He says. when we were under the, the law was added so that the sin can become even more now it goes in chapter 6 he says shall we continue to sin so that grace can become even more now where does grace become more the bible says when we live under the law sin become more and grace even more shall we continue in the place where sin become more and grace become even more no what does that mean? We shall not judge ourselves by living under works righteousness, but we shall judge ourselves by what Jesus Christ has done. <clears throat> Let me just, uh, for those of you that are here that don't know this, <clears throat> I want to just explain why God became a human being. It will make more sense. When Adam sinned, he was a human. And he was the representative of the human race. So when he disobeyed, he did it on behalf of the human race. So the only way God could make a decision on behalf of the human race was if he could have a representative representing the whole human race. So Adam already died, and then the Bible says, then Jesus came, which is called the last Adam. So God came into human flesh God the Father that's where the spirit of Jesus comes from the flesh of Jesus comes from Mary Okay, God was born into human flesh representing the human race because he was a human being he could decide for human beings and when he decided for when he lived as a human being he was fully obedient to the law he was fully righteous fully holy living Under the law, having faith in God. And when he obeyed, he was 100% obedient for every man. When he was obedient on behalf of every man, every man received righteousness as a free gift. When we received righteousness as a free gift, what happens to our hearts? What happens to our lives? What happens to our lives is the following. We can stop our effort to be righteous now we can believe we are righteous because he obeyed on our behalf what effort did we make to believe that we were sinners no effort, we accepted it and we did that because of Adam now how much more can we not accept that we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus ons is geregdvaardig dier die bloed van Christus eens en vir altyd, volgens die Beers vers 14 once for all we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Hebrews 10 verse once so when we accept that what do we accept? we accept that we qualify before God when we accept that qualification and believe in what is done we stop our effort to be holy before God which came by the ten commandments and rules and regulations which manifested sins in our life And by simply accepting what is done and who we are, we are also set free from the power of the manifestation of sins. Hallelujah. So the moment that happens, you find you don't try not to stress. You find that stress has left you. Because you can identify with what Christ has done. So Romans 6 verse 1, Shall we continue in sin... That grace may abound. God forbid. Now, that word "forbid," um, I don't know what is the Afrikaans. said. you the Afrikaans? Also, uh, says verse two. Uh, Hebrews, uh, 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 Romanian says verse two. Somebody there with an Afrikaans Bible there? Nobody. Okay. God forbid. Yes. Did the Afrikaans? Net okay, gauw die kijk wat sê daar. Oké, hy sê, in Afrikaans sê, nie estellig nie. Sal ons nie sonde blij dat die genade meer kan word? Nie estellig nie. Will we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. But now, what I like with the, what the English says, he says, God forbid. The word forbid means to stop or to cease something to exist. Now that is much more powerful than our human effort. He says, shall we continue in the place where the law, where we live under the law, that is sin. Listen, it is sin to think you can be righteous by your works. That's the greatest sin there is. There's no greater sin than thinking you can be holy before God by your works. There's no greater sin. So when we are in that sin of thinking we can be righteous by our works, more sins will manifest in us now it says here shall we continue in all these sins that grace may abound he says no when God came with his grace God forbids this sin in your life it is not you forbidding it it is God forbidding it forbid means to cease to exist to stop so he says and this is what I want to preach to you today you know, for so many years you might have been struggling with certain things in your life that you want to be set free from. But you can't be set free. You try, but you can't. It's almost like a diet, you know. A diet was not for a rookie. Until you think you're on the right weight now. Glory to God. And then I can go and be who I am and then you pick up weight again. Because you believe you are one thing, then you use human effort to be something else, but you always return to what you believe you are. That's the thing. So if you can, let's use just the diet, if you can in your being believe that you're skinny, If, if that can be your persuasion, if you can believe in the very depths of your being that you're a certain kind of a person, you will have to use effort to be something else. Amen. You know, I've, in, in, and I don't say this with pride. Please don't. Many people can think this is a pride thing. It's not. Since I've been in school, I knew I would not be able to work for a boss. It would be very difficult I rather suffer having no money but I can't work for a boss it's not because I don't want I mean I was in the army okay there you get a real boss okay I went through it and it was a nice time but but, I really I wish more more people young people can go to the army not for war but just for what we went through there it was a good thing anyway I had a nice time there it was awesome I don't want it over, but it was good. Okay. But after that, I, I couldn't work for a boss. I just what was in my mind was I'll have a ministry, I'll preach the gospel. That's what I'm gonna do. It's in me. I believe I believed in my heart that I'm a preacher with a ministry going all over the world preaching the gospel. That's what I believe. When I was in ministry and I didn't have money I did business and while I was doing business I would do it for a time and you know some of the business I did went well you know made money if I continued with that business I think I might have been very rich now God gave me wonderful ideas and everything but as I was doing that I found that I always returned to what I believed about myself when I was doing business and they asked me, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a preacher but you work twelve hours of the day painting houses and sandblasting and welding and whatever, doing all those things and you say you're a preacher you This says, what I believed in my heart, that, that belief brings forth, manifests that thing okay, so in the very same way uh, um, when it comes to Romans Here He says God forbids sin in our life when we can believe the truth about our life. And what we believe about our life was that Jesus has set us free from the bondage of corruption. I'm not talking about corruption in government. I'm talking about a a, a destructive life. He has set us free. So when we say, and this is is such a powerful, powerful verse, he says, shall we continue in the manifestations of the flesh, now that we are under grace? No, God forbids this. God ceases this thing to exist. So I want to tell you, you can stop your effort of trying to get sin to stop in your life. It is God's job. It's God's work. And He did the work completely. Amen. It was not your work, listen, it was not by your work that you became a sinner. Adam sinned and you became a sinner. And then you had sins because of what He did. In the same way, Jesus brought forth righteousness for us all. And what robs us from a holy life is our unbelief in who we really are and what is done for the human race. Hallelujah! When we believe this, we are saved from the consequences of what Adam has done. Having peace in this world. I want to tell you, the Bible says, we are justified by faith. Now it's different between justification and righteousness. Verschuld so, is in gerechtigheid en om gerechtvaardigd te wees. En ek wil het gewoon To be justified, uh, uh, to be righteous means to have the right unto. Afrikaans gerechtig. I am righteous. Ek is gerechtig om my car te rij waar I can drive that car out there. It's my car. It's paid off. It's it's registered in my name. I've got a legal driver's license. I've got the full righteousness to drive that car. I've got the right. Nothing can stop me. I've got the right. Okay? Now, if I want to drive somewhere, it is just for me to do it. It would be unjust if somebody wants to stop me from doing it. If somebody says, no, 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 you're not allowed to leave the building here. You're not allowed to drive with your car. That's unjust. It's unfair. Because I qualify. So I qualify for a life of freedom, where I can drive where I want, um, any time of the day or night. Okay. In the same way, Jesus qualified you to have freedom from the manifestation of sins. He qualified you it's not you trying to stop it now you are qualified now the Bible says by faith we are justified meaning when I believe this then the right thing that's supposed to happen to me will happen meaning I will be free from all these manifestations of the old life in my life by the power of God resisting the evil in my life through what is done in Christ. Okay, now that's a, it sounds very complicated, but I want to tell you, this is so powerful, we have not just been saved uh, for, from something, we've been saved unto something. We've been saved from living a life by the law, and the consequences and effects of that life, unto a life where we can believe what Christ has done for us, and the effects and consequences of that in my life. And the consequences and the effects of that is peace in this life effortless the consequences of that is a new life that looks like the life of Jesus so what I'm trying to say is you don't have to try and copy Jesus anymore you can be born from God amen it's not you trying to copy Jesus it's not you trying to resist sins it's not you trying to stop to sin. That's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is all about believing what Jesus has done, and then having believing what is done, and Him living in you. Now, if you, there are many verses, we will talk on next Sunday. But Paul came and he told the Christians of that time, "How can you be set free from the law and its effects, and still live as if you are under the law?" He says, don't you know what you are saved unto? So it's not you trying to copy that. It's you accepting your new life. Amen. When you were in Adam, you just had to accept what has happened. That's it. And we've accepted that easily. But we have not accepted. And many times we don't accept what Christ has done for us. Amen. And what the consequences or the effect of that is in our life. Right, let's just read on. A little bit more he says for if we have been planted together verse 5 for we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection so he became a human being he, w- when he walked on the earth God saw you in Jesus it was as if you were walking you obey he obeyed on your behalf he died on your behalf ok so when you die when Jesus died God saw you dying what death did you die died the death of a man trying to be righteous by his works ok <clears throat> if we were planted in the likeness of his death we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that the old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed and henceforth we should not serve sin now let me explain that he says and I'm going to end off with that when Jesus died the body of sin died when Jesus died the body of sin died I said it last time you know uh, uh, at our school many schools here they've got a governing body that governing body decides for the whole school companies they've got a governing body with directors and whatever that governing body decides for the school now if that governing body rules in a certain way I mean if they are in unity about a certain thing it would be impossible for you as an individual to make a decision for the whole company or for the school if you disagree with them but, so in other words if they decided if they make a decision a bad decision let's take Zimbabwe for instance they've got a governing body making a decision for the whole nation that body can be called the body of death ok the only way Zimbabwe can be saved from that is if this body dissolves or dies is the only way they can be saved now the Bible says here that when Jesus died, the body of sin died. The ruling the, the, uh, uh, um, the, 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 the body deciding making sin manifest in your life died. It died. It has died. It's not for you to try to stop the sin. It's for you to get out of your own belief about what Christ has done and about who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He removed the law. He removed the curse. He removed disease. He removed the power of sin in your life where you do the things you don't want to do. And the things you want to do, you you always want to spend some time with your kids, but you can never do it. You always want to spend more quality time with your wife. You know it's the good thing, but you can't do it. It's just impossible. Why do you want to do something but you can't? That's a curse, man. That's not the life of freedom. Jesus came and removed that so that you can live who you really are. Let me just give you a good example. You guys know, those of you that's been here last time, my my in laws came and and visited me now for 10 days. Don't laugh. Me and my wife. It was wonderful, awesome. So when they came, I mean, I enjoyed fellowship with them, I loved them. But before that, I was in America for a month. When I came back, I had to take a break, I was overworked. Okay, then they came. So now the stack of emails at home is really becoming thick. You know? And all the things that's wrong on the website that people write and say, listen, what about this, what about this, what about this? It's a lot. And this thing is bothering me. I want to do it. But I want to, in my heart, okay, I want to do that, I want to get that sorted out. But I know that my in-laws, they don't come often. And I want to spend time with them. I want to take them everywhere in Cape Town and fellowship with them but now this one law on the one side this one thing of if I don't fix these things on the website then I'm going to lose people that look at my ministry you know and this thing is a public thing where everybody looks at it and if I don't fix this which is true it is true if I don't fix it up I can lose some uh, uh, followers if you want to call it that way it's like a business you're going to lose some money Okay now, but here's my in-laws. I want to spend time with them. That's in my heart, but I can't do it. Why? Because this other law is telling me to do this. But what, I, what was the wonderful thing about grace is, I could follow what was in my heart and say, I'll fix that next week. I'll fix it next week. I could start to think of, in the light of eternity, what does this one week make any difference because I started to th- have an eternal mindset I started to think out of who I am I knew it's not my right decision this week that prospers me I've got a God in heaven that removed poverty from me hallelujah and I could do what I wanted to do and spend time with them hallelujah I could take my kids to the sea and I can do it because I have been set free I have been set free I don't have to live the life of destruction anymore I can live a free life you know we've got such a wrong mindset it's like the one guy um, he was catching fish in on the Mozambique, that Vilanculos. you know catching fish in Mozambique beautiful place and then this rich Uh, a businessman from Johannesburg came and he said to the guy, Man, I see you know how to catch fish, you know, because he was trying to catch, he doesn't get anything. And this local there is just catching one after the other one. He says, Now, how many fish do you catch here in a day? He says, Well, I catch about four. He says, Now, um, can't you catch a hundred? He says, Yeah, I can. Easily. I know how to do it. I know where the fish is. He says, but why don't you do, why don't you catch a hundred? And then he says, no, and the guy says, and then? What then? He says, no, 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 then you can sell, if you only eat four, then you can sell the ninety-six and then get more money. He says, and then? He says, no, no, then you can pay other people to catch fish, you know, and then you can make more money. He says, and then? He says, no, no, then this can become a very big company you know he says okay and, and then he says no then you can buy these fishing trawlers and then you can really catch fish he says okay and then he says no then it can become so big that you can put this whole thing on the stock market and get investors and then it can grow even bigger he says and then he says then you can one day retire he says and then he says then you can buy a whole place next to the ocean and go and catch fish you see we've been indoctrinated by so many laws and rules which defines our joy that we cannot have joy today but Jesus has set us free from that and our provision is in His hand He will give you the right decision at the right time to make in your business and you will prosper I believe that with all my heart without you stressing and fretting all the time about it he has set you free from a life of destruction he has set you free from that life I've had so- how many people have I had I, I can't count come to me and say, say but you live a nice life he says somebody bought you a house you know if you want to go somewhere somebody fills up your tank if you want to go on a holiday somebody will bless you you know, it's like, you live a nice life. And then you see the whole world. You know? You've, you go to Canada, you go to America, you've been to Italy, you're preaching everywhere. And everybody celebrates you, treats you like some celebrity. Because when you come there, you are the man of God. Isn't that a nice life? I mean, yes, it is. It is a nice life. I mean, you can also have that. Just leave your job and start to preach. <laughs> but there was a time in my life and everybody cannot be a preacher but this is what I want to say there was a time in my life where I realized I was so set free from the law that defines my success and defines who I am that I could go and live who I really am by believing I'm a preacher that loves preaching to the lost that wants to see people that's never heard the gospel to hear the gospel and I could follow my heart because God has enabled us to follow our heart, who we are. Maybe you're a businessman and you just want to do business and, and whatever. If that's who you are, if maybe you feel like my mom said. You know, She says she loves working for a boss. She's a school teacher for 35 years or something. I mean, and she's good at what she does. And she enjoys it with all her heart. You know. But that's what's in her heart. She's not intimidated by a person that cannot work for a boss. Because grace has set me free from the definition of the law. So that I can be who I really am. Who you really are is a person that loves others. Who you really are is a person that's got compassion on other people. Who you really are, you are generous. Who you really are, you're somebody that loves spending quality time with others. Who you really are, you've been set free from outbursts of wrath and anger and all those things. You are free from that that's who you really are and we don't awake unto a new life on how we try to change we awake unto the life where God has changed everything for us and by accepting this truth we find the Holy Spirit manifesting the new life in us and I end off with this when we accept this we cannot accept it as merely a theory this is not philosophy philosophy this is not a a, a psychology this is the truth the truth is that one man obeyed on your behalf and delivered the human race from the manifestation of the flesh in their lives they de- God delivered the human race. So that God, where He stands today, is not angry with anybody. God did not send the tsunami to, to Japan t- to teach the Japanese people something. 30,000 people died. Now, if you did, what did you learn? And how are you going to apply the truth you've learned now? God is not a murderer. God is, God loves people. He cares for people. When He looks at you, He agapes you. The word agape means to lose your breath in adoration. When God looks at you, there where you sit, busy even doing your wrong things, He he loses His breath in adoration over you, for you're valuable to Him. Amen. That's how God feels. And He acted on the basis of your worth. And He brought forth a new way of life where you can be set free from all the things that always irritated you. And have a new life. Amen. Not copying the life of Jesus, but having the life of Jesus in you. Hallelujah. Next week we're going to continue speaking on this because Paul Paul says things like, um, uh, 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 don't do this, do this don't live like this, live like this. And that is, that sounds like laws and condemnation. If you go read Ephesians, if you go read Galatians, he will say, you know, you shouldn't do this, you should do this. You shouldn't commit adultery. Sin shouldn't be named among you. He, he, he says all those things. And that has been used by the church to condemn people. Now we're going to talk about that in the next two weeks. So make sure you get a hold of that. You can understand this. But, what you can take home with you today is you've been saved from the law and manifesting its death into you unto the life of Christ and the Holy Spirit manifesting it in you the Bible says the power that the law had to manifest sin is, is immeasurably smaller than the power of grace to manifest the life of God in you Hallelujah. That word immeasurable there, or the, or the word is, uh, the, the, the words, how much more, um, Frans de uses this, this illustration. He says, if you go to Hermanus, and you take a, a sink bot, you know, so like a bath that you go to and you put a stone in it, and you put some sand in it, you put some seaweed in it, and you put some grass in it, Ach, I mean water, sea water in it, and you want to now compare the ocean, with this, it cannot be compared. It's above comparison. That's the Greek word there. How much more will grace not bring forth the life of God? Unfortunately in church, the life of God was preached as a law and was not preached as something that God gives and lives in you. Hallelujah. So be set free from condemnation and have an expectation of your true inheritance we've inherited the new life in Christ and that's true for every person Amen let's pray together Father I want to thank you that you love us I want to thank you that you care for us I want to thank you Lord that as I preached here today I know many things have been said and some things can be complicated but thank you Lord that the people can grab a hold of your message of love that You've loved us to the point that You've set us free from the flesh and its death. We reign in this life with You. Thank You, Lord, that You've qualified us so that we can reign in Jesus and in the manifestation of Your new life. Thank You, Lord, that we are holy. Thank You, Lord, that we are righteous. And this is not our doing, but your doing. Father, I pray for everybody here. I thank you in this week to come, that you, you, you give them wisdom and understanding in how to make good decisions. You make the decisions in them, for them, in their hearts. You prompt them in their spirit. Thank you, Lord. I declare everybody here blessed by Jesus, loved by Jesus, cared for by Jesus. Thank You, Lord, that we know we've got a God that, that lost His breath over us while we were sinners. And You don't judge us according to our works, but You gave Your works unto us for free. We accept this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. If there's anybody that needs any prayer, you're welcome. I'll pray for you. There's some coffee.